0: Of Christ be with you. Let's turn and greet one another. We welcome you to Laguna Presbyterian Church, especially those of you who are visiting with us today. Uh, You can see that we are celebrating flip flop casual Sundays in August uh, because, as part of our 100th anniversary, our church began with the pastor saying, Just come as you are, even if you come in your bathing suit, so that you can be happy in church. So, we are celebrating our anniversary, and we welcome you as uh, this morning and also as part of our celebration of our 100 years. There is a friendship pad that's on each one of the rows. It should be near the center aisle, and we'd love to have you fill it out and pass it down your row so that everybody else can do so, whether you're regularly here or whether you're visiting with us today. You can see that one of the things that you can do on the patio, church patio this morning after the service is that you can contribute to our military outreach by providing money for some school supplies for the children at Camp Pendleton. Also, our summer book talk group is reading A Gentleman in Moscow, and you are welcome to come to that uh, if you have read the book. It's not a closed group by any means. It's for whoever has read the book. That'll be a week from this Tuesday. Many of us have been praying sacred story prayer over the last couple of years, and have found it to be a way to feel, be more aware of God's presence in our lives. And if you'd be interested in learning that kind of prayer, uh, we have a sign-up out on the patio after the service. We will create some groups around your time, if we possibly can, so that we can make it fit your schedule, so if you're interested in that. Uh, we will be doing a, an information day about that earlier in, uh, in early September. In addition to being our 100th anniversary, this year is also the 500th anniversary of the Protestant Reformation. All sorts of wonderful events are happening in Germany, and here what we will be doing is a couple of times this fall we'll be having an adult ed class about the Protestant Reformation in September, and also I received information that Concordia University on November 1st at the Segerstrom Hall is doing 500 voices in concert. Um, So I have 20 tickets. Actually, I have 12 left after first service. If you are interested in those, you need to see me after the service. I bought the cheapest tickets. And if you want to go online and get more expensive ones, you can do that. our anniversary dinner is sold out at the Hotel Laguna. If you did not get tickets and you're interested in coming, you can uh, let the office know and maybe there'll be a way if somebody cancels. But right now we are sold out. There are a couple of great e- events we are marking today. One is a very big birthday. Mildred Nielsen is 95 years old this week. Happy birthday, Mildred. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Mildred. There she is, 95. And also our flowers today are for Chaz and Karen Offhammer's 18th anniversary, so we congratulate them.
1: Let us pray together. Sovereign Lord, as you gather your people for worship, may you open our eyes to the reality of your presence. Help us this morning to enter your courts with thanksgiving for the grace and all the mercies you've lavished upon us. May you be lifted up and magnified. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
0: Will you join me in the responsive call to worship? On the holy mount stands the city God founded. The Lord loves the gates of Zion more than all the dwellings of Jacob.
1: Glorious things are spoken of you, O city of
0: God. Among those who know me, I mention Rahab and Babylon, Philistia too, and Tyre with Ethiopia. This one was born there, they say. And of of Zion, Zion, it shall be said, this one and that one one were born born in it. For the the Most Most High himself will establish establish it. The Lord records as as he registers the peoples, this this one was was born there singers and dancers alike say all my springs are in you and so let us stand and praise god together
2: singers and
3: dancers let's sing be seated
2: only by grace can we enter church only by his grace can we stand not by our human endeavor but by his power and so we sing together
0: psalmist calls us to tell the Lord the truth about ourselves. Happy are those who make the Lord their trust, who do not turn to the proud, to those who go after after false gods. May all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. May those who love your salvation say continually, great is the Lord. As As for me, I am am poor poor and and needy. needy, But the Lord takes thought for me. You are my help and my deliverer. Do not delay, O my God. Let us pray. God of unity and love, place within each of us a spirit of hope and community. Have mercy upon us when we speak without love or act without humility. Cleanse us with the living water of your grace. Create in us willing hearts to live in patience and gentleness. Raise us up to be your children, growing toward maturity in faith and love. Strengthen this church that we may be a model of ministry and unity for all the world to see. And hear us now as we bring to you the silent confessions of our hearts. For we pray through Christ, our Savior. Amen. My friends, hear the good news. In Jesus, you who once have been far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. In him, we have been reconciled to God through the cross, made citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Thanks Thanks be to God. God. Amen.
2: This morning our song prayer for illumination is a
0: song called Ancient Words,
2: and you'll find the music on the music insert this morning.
3: World. they result Jesus
1: no place I'd rather be this morning amen gathering here to worship the Lord to fellowship together to hear from his word and as we were just singing to have our hearts open to God's word so that our lives might be transformed and changed day by day and so I encourage you to open up your Bibles to Acts chapter 11 as we continue our study of the book of Acts. I'll be reading from verse 19 through 30, and I believe it's on page 130 in the New Testament portion of your pew Bible. Hear now God's word to us. Now those who were scattered because of the persecution... That took place over stephen traveled as far as phoenicia cyprus and antioch and they spoke the word to no one except for jews but among them were some men of cyprus and cyrene who on coming to antioch spoke to the hellenists also proclaiming the lord jesus the hand of the lord was with them and a great number of believers had turned to the lord news of this came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem and they sent Barnabas to Antioch when he came and saw the grace of God he rejoiced and he exhorted them all to remain faithful to the Lord with steadfast devotion for he was a good man full of the holy spirit and of faith and a great many people were brought to the Lord then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul And when he'd found him, he brought him to Antioch. So it was that for an entire year they met with the church and taught a great many people. And it was in Antioch that the disciples were first called Christians. At that time, prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch. One of them, named Agabus, stood up and predicted by the Spirit that there would be a severe famine over all the world. And this took place during the reign of Claudius. The disciples determined that according to their ability, each would send relief to the believers living in Judea. And this they did, sending it to the elders by Barnabas and Saul. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. Let us pray together. Holy Father, We pray on this morning that you would help us to understand your word, and you would transform us by your Holy Spirit to respond with an obedience of faith, that we might leave here a people who have been empowered to live into the newness of life, to love one another, the love that we have first received through Jesus Christ, our Lord. We pray this in his name, amen. It was the first Sunday of March of 1984 when I walked into a church with an inkling of interest in God for the very first time. Sure, I had been to church a few times before. There were a couple of weddings and funerals and Christmas Eve services here and there. There was even Sunday school when I was a young lad before my parents split up. And yet, this was the very first time I went to church with an interest in God. To state it simply, my life was empty. I had tried everything, I think, to fill that void. When I was there that morning, I was looking and longing for some kind of hope. I would say that that Sunday, the March Of 1984 is as vivid today as though it were just yesterday I'll be honest with you I I bring that morning to my mind often it reminds me what it might be like someone for the first time when they come to church here at Laguna Press it reminds me of the mindset of a person who might be sitting there searching for hope searching for God but most importantly It reminds me of the potential of grace for every single human heart. Had you walked into church that Sunday morning, you would have found a 17-year-old high school senior sitting in the very last row on the left side, wearing sunglasses, underdressed for a Sunday in San Marino, very self-conscious, My sons aren't here, so I can say it. A little hungover. And I was doing my very best to decipher the order of the worship bulletin. Now, let's say you attended church that Sunday. And you walked over to my pew. And you sat down next to me, and you leaned over very slowly, and you said, Steve. You don't know me, but I'm going to tell you some. On August 13 of the year 2000, you and your family will be invited back to this church. And you will be invited to preach a sermon from that very pulpit. And people sitting there will actually be interested in what you have to say. And I figure back then I would have turned to you and I would have asked you two questions. The first question I would have asked you was Are you out of your mind? Are you out of your mind? Minus some sentence enhancers. And second, I would have asked you How? How in the world? The answer to the second question is the same answer for each one of us it's the answer why we are here this morning together it's why we are here lifting up our voices in praise lifting up our lives to god in worship it's why we have a relationship with jesus christ as our savior our lord and our god it's why our lives have been transformed and changed from one degree of faith to another. It's why we love God. And it's why we are learning, little by little, more and more, to love our neighbor. And the answer is grace. Grace which comes to us from the outside. It comes to us to the inside by God's Holy Spirit. It's grace that's made possible by the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Grace which is the undeserved goodness and mercy of God. And we know the effect that grace has had within our hearts and our lives, don't we? Grace has brought us forgiveness, reconciliation, deliverance, Faith, meaning, purpose, healing, love, and hope, and community. And I could go on and on, but I only got so much time here this morning. Our lives have been changed by that grace. You and I both know that the person you were when you first came to faith, you're a very different person today, aren't you? The person you were 10 years ago, 5 years ago, even a year ago, you are a different person because that's the way that God's grace works. He who began a work in you will be faithful to complete it. And that is God's grace in your life, changing the way you think about things, changing the way that you treat people. And it's God's grace that we take with us wherever we go. We take that grace in whatever we do, however we communicate, and in however we treat people. And we know that grace is evident because there are times that we don't do that. And it's God's Holy Spirit that says to you, wait a minute, hold on. That's not the way that you're supposed to act because God's grace is in you. And so it's God's grace that enables us to repent and change our ways and start moving back into that area of grace. For there is no one here who is without sin, no one here who is without problems in their lives. And so, whether it's today or whether it was 2,000 years ago, we take God's grace with us wherever we go. Now, our passage begins by reminding us of Acts chapter 7. The deacon and disciple of Christ, Stephen, had preached a barn burner of a sermon. It takes up the entire chapter of 7. And in that chapter, he brings up three topics Three lightning rod topics at that time. He brings up the promised land, the law of Moses, and the temple of God. And he makes the point in that sermon that all three of those things were directing us to the fulfillment of Christ. And he went on to say that all of the prophets of the Old Testament were preaching to us the fulfillment of Jesus as Messiah, the Son of God. He said these same prophets he preached that some of their fathers, some of their forefathers, had imprisoned and even killed. Now, some of the listeners didn't take too kindly to that sermon. They especially didn't like that last part of that sermon. And we are told that Stephen went on to become the first martyr of the Christian church. My mom told me once that she named me after that man, Stephen. I didn't think much of it until I was a preacher, so hey, hold there, there, hey, hold there. (laughs) So after this, there was a persecution that broke out, mainly from the hand and leadership of a man named Saul. And so many Christians fearing for their lives and the lives of their families, they scattered from Jerusalem, and they were fleeing throughout the known world, trying to find a place where they could worship God freely. And we are told in verse 19 that some of these disciples made their way up north along the Mediterranean Sea to Antioch, some 400 miles away from Jerusalem, up in Syria. Antioch was the third largest city in the Greco-Roman world. I read that at that time the population was about 300,000. Residents consisted of both Jews and Gentiles. There were people from different races, ethnic backgrounds, and socioeconomic levels. It was a city that was known for its temples and worship of Apollo and Artemis, who were twin son and daughter of Zeus, right? A city that was not known for its piety and modesty. We'll just leave it at that. Now, as these disciples were traveling North from town to town making their way up the coast. They were prim- primarily stopping and preaching the gospel of the grace of Jesus in synagogues in the Hebrew places of worship. And we are told that many people were coming to know Jesus. But then we get to verse 20. And if you have brought your own Bible here this morning, you might, might want to circle verse 20. It is a very pivotal verse In the book of Acts, something happened along the way that was radical. I'm going to use that word a few times this morning. It was radical. And I use that word in its fullest sense. There were disciples from Cyrene and Cyprus who made a daring decision. Instead of concentrating the gospel on just one people group with the good news of God's grace, They chose, I believe, by the leading of the Holy Spirit, to share the message of Jesus with Hellenists, in other words, Greek-speaking Gentiles. As mentioned, this was radical. It was momentous. And with such a decision being made, it was very, very controversial, now, as I kept looking over this passage and reading it over and over during the week, there was a question that came to my mind that I hopefully has come to your mind this morning. What was it that enabled and moved these disciples to make such a radical decision? What moved them to do such a thing? First, I believe they had listened To the gospel of Jesus. Jesus had ministered to a Samaritan woman at the well. That was radical. He had healed the daughter of a Gentile woman. He ministered to tax collectors, prostitutes, and outcasts. He touched lepers. (laughs) He touched lepers. He touched people who were possessed by demons and delivered them. He even touched a coffin with a dead body. You just didn't do that back then. He touched a coffin and raised somebody from the dead. He blessed Jews and Gentiles alike with signs, wonders, and miracles. He invited Jews and Gentiles alike to come, come to him and listen to his teaching and to respond with faith and no doubt these disciples from Cyprus and Cyrene had heard and experienced Jesus' grace in their own lives. And when you have experienced God's grace in your own life, it becomes contagious. You've got to share it with somebody else, whoever they might be. Second, I believe they had actually listened to the Great Commission and the Great Commandment, and they actually believed it. In the Great Commission, Jesus said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, all people groups. They believed it. And in the Great Commandment, Jesus said, You are to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your strength, and all of your mind, and you are to love your neighbor as yourself one person asked jesus well who's my neighbor and jesus response of course in so many words was everybody everybody is your neighbor and third i'm convinced they must have heard the story of saul Here's the very man that caused the scattering in the first place. And they had heard the message that Saul's heart had been touched by grace and he had given his life to Jesus Christ. They must have heard the story about Philip sharing the gospel in Samaria, sharing the gospel with an Ethiopian eunuch. And no doubt they had heard of Peter's vision in chapter 11 when God commanded Peter to no longer call the Gentile people unclean, no longer to call any buddy unclean. And I believe they took all of this to heart. And you know that when you take something truly to heart, when it's truly in there, you start to live it out. Now, these ordinary disciples from Cyprus and Cyrene, they dared to step out. They dared to step across the line and share the grace of God with whoever they could find. Listen to this. They had seen how the cross of Christ had bridged the great chasm between all of these different people groups to bring God's grace across racial, ethnic, and economic lines. Do you know what happened as a result of their ministry? A great number of people believed on Jesus Christ. There was a church that was planted. A church was planted in Antioch. And all of these people, from all of these different people groups, gathered together in that church, and they worshiped God together, and they experienced the grace of Jesus together. Can you picture, just think for a moment, can you just picture what that church, what the beauty of that church must have looked like? A little taste of heaven. As mentioned, this would not be without controversy. One report came back to the Mother Church in Jerusalem about all of this, and there were some concerns. It's okay to have some concerns. I picture them at their session meeting the fourth Tuesday of that month, (laughs) sitting around that table. One of the elders first said, well, wait a minute, what might the worship in that church in Antioch look like? Do they remember their heritage of the faith? How are God's commands being followed in that church? What kind of teaching, what kind of leadership is being brought to the table? How are all of these people with all of these different backgrounds coexisting together in fellowship? And probably the stewardship elders said, Hey, is this church going to be self-sustaining? (laughs) We're going to need to help them out at all? So what do they need? They need a scouting report. They need a scouting report from a reliable and trustworthy source. And who do they send? They send Barnabas. I love Barnabas. Son of encouragement. They send him to look into the validity of the church in Antioch. Now let's remember, this is the man back in Acts chapter 4 that sold a piece of his own property, took the money, and placed it at the feet of the apostles and said, do with it what you will, but I really want you to use it for the poor. Here's the man who stepped into the gap to assure the church that Saul had actually become a Christian. I don't blame the church back then. Saul? became a Christian, wait a minute, and Barnabas steps in the gap and said, this man has truly given his life to Christ. The grace of God is at work in this man's heart, and he is changing the way that he lives and the way he treats people and the way he lives his life. I believe that Barnabas, oh, by the way, he was a Jewish man from Cyprus. Think about that. I believe he was the right person for the job. When Barnabas arrived and saw what was taking place, one translation said that he was glad. Barnabas rejoiced in the Lord. Why? You know it already. Because he saw the grace of God at work, and grace changes everything. He encouraged that church to stay faithful Steadfast in their devotion to the Lord, he tracks down Saul out there in Tarsus somewhere. He brings him back. He convinces Saul, Paul. Hey, listen, we need to stay here for a year. We have to teach this young church the Word of God. Teach them the way that they are to live. And God's Word tells us told, tells us that many people gave their lives to Jesus. And did you catch this? The passage ends with the remarkable testimony that when the world was struggling through a famine, the church in Antioch took up an offering. They sent a relief of finances back to the church in Jerusalem to help them out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Those are blessings, mutual blessings, going back and forth from the church in Jerusalem to the church in Antioch. And once again, that was radical. I say, what an appropriate passage for this morning for the church. I don't think it's a coincidence that this passage landed right here on this Sunday that was planned months ago. A passage that has brought me much solace and hope throughout these days as I hope it will for you. Ordinary Christians trusting that the cross of Christ has the power to bridge over the chasms which divide us, bringing needed grace and unity. My heart like yours has been grieving throughout this week. Those images and words and actions of racism, white supremacy, bigotry, hatred, terrorism, violence, it was horrific and they are evil. No excuse at all. There's no place for this in our world. There's no place for this in our country. And there is surely no place for this in Laguna Beach. We believe that all people are made in God's image with every life having infinite and equal value. As a church, we counter with the words of Micah when he said, we are to seek justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with our God. With the words of Jesus, a new commandment I give you, you are to love one another. All people will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. With the words of the Apostle Paul who said, For Christ is our peace. In his flesh he has made both groups into one and he has broken down the dividing wall of hostility between us. We stand together in solidarity. Seeking reconciliation. Longing for peace and unity. Treating one another with love and respect. That is our calling. And we are longing for the day when the dream, and I say the dream, will be fulfilled. I want to be like those ordinary Christians from Cyprus and Cyrene. I think purposely there's no big names there like Peter and John. They are just ordinary Christians who are bridging the gap with grace to love, to live, to pray, to make a difference taking God's grace and peace with me wherever I go. And this is my prayer as your pastor for our church. Are you with me? Are you with me? Let us stand together and let us affirm our faith. From the book of Ephesians, chapter 1, as we affirm our faith in Jesus Christ and who we are called to be. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places.
2: Just as he chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless before him in love, he destined us for adoption as his children through Jesus Christ, according to the good pleasure of his will to the praise of his glorious grace that he freely bestowed on us in the beloved.
1: In Christ, we have also obtained an inheritance, having been destined according to the purpose of him who accomplishes all things according to his counsel and will.
2: So that we, who were the first to set our hope on Christ, might live for the praise of his glory.
1: Amen. You may. Be-
2: sing left behind is by his grace let us stand as we sing that chorus together grace alone
0: Christ, we give you thanks for your grace that surrounds our lives. We thank you that you have broken down the things that divide us, and that your kingdom is good news for a world caught up in human divisions and hatred. We confess that our country has a long history of racial oppression, and that racism has left its mark on each of our hearts. We ask that you would give us grace to own our part in racial oppression and hostility, whether we've sinned against others by seeing them as inferior, or whether we've been silent in the face of evil. How grateful we are that your grace changes everything, that the gospel is your power to form a new people not identified by dominance and superiority, but by unity in your spirit. Lord, we ache for peace. Hear our prayer for the people of Charlottesville and Barcelona. Bring healing to those who are hurt, peace to those who are anxious, Courage to those who are fearful. Give wisdom to our leaders. Grant your protection and a spirit of your peace tonight during the demonstrations in Laguna. Form us to be instruments of your peace. Where there is hatred, let us sow your love. Give us grace for the deep challenges facing our country and our community. Lord, we commit these gifts in our lives to you, believing that your grace is working in the world in spite of destructive powers. And so we ask that you will use these gifts and that you will use us for your purposes even as we pray for the day when your will is done on earth as in heaven, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
2: We close the service with the second verse of Grace Alone.
3: in us, our cornerstone, we will go forth in grace alone. We will go forth in grace
1: alone. And now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace that you may overflow with hope by the power of his Holy Spirit, that you would go forth from here this morning with God's grace, reflecting the love of Jesus Christ. God bless you this week. Amen.